You're listening to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast, Episode 97. It's time to look at weight loss in a whole new way. Instead of focusing on calories in, calories out, you'll learn how to use your brain to transform your body and heal your relationship with food. If you're ready to lose your weight for the last time, you're in the right place. Because it's more than what you eat. It's who you are when you're eating. This is the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Here's your host, life and weight loss coach, Dr. Michelle Tupman. Well, hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. You know, it feels like it's been forever since I've talked with you. And that's because Rob and I just came back about a week ago from an amazing three-week holiday in Thailand. I'll tell you all about it in just a minute. But the thing is, I knew that I would be gone for almost a month. And so before I left, I batch recorded a bunch of episodes for you. And so it feels like it's been a really long time since I've sat here with the microphone and just talked to you. So I'm, I'm happy to be here. And what I'd love to talk about on this episode is what accidentally happened in terms of alcohol on this amazing holiday that we had. So first, I want to put it into perspective here. Rob and I had not taken a good, decent holiday in well over a year. And yeah, we've been away, you know, for weekends and for weeks here and there, but always with family or we had other responsibilities or, you know, things going on so that it didn't actually ever feel like a break. And I took the holiday spirit of this vacation so seriously that I actually took off the apps for my work email right off my phone and didn't bring a laptop so that I could not engage with work in any way, shape or form. And let me tell you, it was the most liberating thing that I have ever done. I truly feel like I had a break and I had moments of just pure bliss knowing that there was absolutely nothing that I had to do but enjoy whatever I was doing in the moment. And let me tell you, that was a gift. If I could figure out how to bring that into my day-to-day -day life and put it in a bottle and sell it to you, I would be one rich woman, let me tell you. But anyway, I have gone on vacations before and I've come on this podcast and you know spoken to my my group coaching clients about my plan and my um, prioritizing for how I eat and how I approach my weight loss when I go on on trips, right? And my the the guidelines I set for myself are usually something around the lines of, you know, I am not going to put rules around what I eat other than I'm going to stop eating when I'm full. I'm not going to overeat. And that's really kind of the the main thing that I tend to focus on when I go on on holidays. And along with that, especially if I'm going to hotter climate, then I add an emphasis on making sure that I'm drinking all my water um, every day. Because aside from helping with weight loss, when I am sweating buckets all day long, the last thing I want is a dehydration headache at the end of the day. I want to feel good and healthy on my holidays. And so I always um, emphasize that that little bit of water piece. Now, of course, sleep is also important. And, you know, I turned 47 years old on this holiday. I don't feel it, but sometimes my body has to, you know, send the message loud and clear that I'm not in my 20s anymore. And what that means is I just don't do the all night partying on vacations anymore at all. I am early to bed, up with the sun. <laughs> that just seems to be how I've 
um, you know, the, the patterns that I've fallen into in my late 40s now. And being on vacation was no exception. And what was extra excellent about all of this is because I was so effectively able to turn off the work switch in my brain, I had no stress and it was easy to go to bed with a, you know, with a clear and peaceful mind um, every night. So I got a ton of sleep. I drank a lot of water. I felt good about the parameters I set around food. And I was all set to really enjoy this vacation. And when it comes to alcohol, I will admit I'm a little bit fussy. I like really big, bold, fine red wines. I like expensive whiskeys and single malt scotch. And that's about it. If I'm really pushed for something, I'll enjoy gin, right? And that's, that's, that's about it. So if you put something like a fruity cocktail in front of me or a pina colada, then I'm really just generally not that interested. And I've, you know, I think when I was younger, like in my late teens, early 20s, um, I did a lot of drinking. I did a lot of experimenting really around drinking. That phase did not last very long. Didn't like the effects that it had on my body or on my relationships and my friendships. And so I kind of um, came out of that that phase really quickly. And then since then, alcohol has really just always been something that I've approached as, you know, if it, it needs to be something that I like. And the pleasure of drinking is the taste and, you know, the experience of it. So I've never really been one aside from that, you know, short stint when I was young to drink, to actually get drunk or to use alcohol to relax or to sleep or to wind down. That has never been me. So that might explain what happened on this holiday. <laughs> but here's what happened. So Rob and I arrived in Bangkok at about four o'clock in the morning. And of course, we couldn't get our ho hotel room until much later in the day. So we just dropped our bags off and we were fortunately very close to Lumpini Park, which is kind of like Bangkok's version of Central Park in New York, although, of course, much, 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 much smaller. But I had done a lot of reading on how to mitigate the effects of jet lag and how to get over jet lag faster when you're on a holiday. And one of the most common advice pieces of advice that kept coming up in my reading was to make sure that you're getting sunshine and exercise early in the morning, that that's just going to um, help reset that internal clock of yours. So Rob and I decided to go for a walk in this park for a couple of hours right when we first arrived in Bangkok. And in retrospect, it was a brilliant idea because it did as advertised, it woke us up, um, but it also revved up my appetite like you have no idea. So when we finally got back to the hotel, we went down for breakfast um, in, the, in the, the hotel restaurant there and I struggled. My pickiness came right out. So, you know, me and Asian foods do not always go well together. I'm a little bit fussy. Um, I don't like weird things. Um, and I have this idea that breakfast is eggs, it's fruit, it's cereals, it's toast, it's things like that. What breakfast is not to me is rice or noodles or, you know, spicy curries. And that's what they had for us for breakfast in, in this hotel. Um, yes, it's a very, you know, traditional Asian breakfast, but it's not what I was used to. And I was getting angry, right? And it was such an interesting 
thing to witness in myself, the reaction that I was having to this food. It's like, I want breakfast, damn it. I don't want rice. But anyway, you know what? I filled my plate with what I felt I could tolerate that moment and everything was just fine. But I thought about it for the rest of the days. Like, why am I so married to this idea that I have to have breakfast foods for breakfast? And so we were away for three weeks and most places had a mix of Western and local type breakfasts. And by the end of the trip, I was eating just like exclusively Western stuff. But for most of the trip, I did actually try to experiment with having something non-breakfasty in my eyes for breakfast, just to see what would happen with my thoughts and my feelings as I experimented with this. And I have to report that even after three weeks, I still did not want spicy curries for breakfast. So that that was that was an aside. So anyway, Rob and I go about our day. We eventually get our room. We have just a little bit of a nap and then we go out exploring again and we come back later in the evening, 6.30 or 7, and we go to the rooftop bar. So we're in this hotel that has like 80 some floors and the top floor has this beautiful sky bar where you can sit and have a drink and a meal and just look at the cityscape of Bangkok. It was absolutely beautiful and a really nice night weather-wise. And they had this beautiful cocktail list of like top shelf liquors in it. And, you know, not like the traditional fruity beach sort of cocktails that come with umbrella straws. No, no. They had like fancy ass martinis and beautiful stuff and an excellent wine list. And so Rob and I decided to have, you know, a really nice meal and ordered drinks to go along with it. And this beautiful martini comes and it's red and it's got this frothy top and there's a beautiful flower floating in it. And it is absolutely delicious. I take a sip and my senses are all alight. Like it just tastes glorious. It's nice and fresh and cold after a hot day in Bangkok. Like it felt good. I felt my whole body kind of go, ah, as I had that first sip and everything was just right. And then by halfway through this thing, and it was small, right? Like it was, it was a martini in a traditional martini glass. So maybe three or four sips into it, I just get this realization all of a sudden that I don't want alcohol. So I'm enjoying the taste of this cocktail. I'm enjoying the coolness of it, but I'm starting to feel the effects of the alcohol on my body and I didn't want it. And so I turned to Rob and said, I don't want to drink. And he's like, well, fine, don't. <laughs> so I didn't actually finish that cocktail. Um, I gave it to Rob because we have some similar tastes. And he was drinking beer and didn't really love the beer that, that he was having. So he finished my drink and we kind of went on with it. And we spent a couple of days in Bangkok and we um, do ton of walking. We're averaging like more than 30,000 steps in a day. My feet are freaking sore. The dogs are barking, let me tell you. And still, I don't want to drink. We'd come back to the hotel at the end of the day, hot and sweaty and dusty and hungry. And all I wanted was water with lemon and whatever the meal was going to be. And I just allowed myself to go with it because, you know, I had no rules around alcohol. So take it or leave it. It was like no skin off my back. And then after a few days, we head up north to the country. We go to Chiang Mai and we've got um, some fun things planned. We're taking a cooking class. We had arranged to go on a bicycle tour. Um, so lots of fun things. And again, 
we would come back to the hotel at the end of the day and I didn't want alcohol. And it was so like there were some days where the aversion to alcohol was so strong that I couldn't even watch Rob drink. Like the smelling his beer was just giving me like queasiness. And I, I've never experienced anything like this before. So I don't know. I don't know what this was about. But anyway, the night or the day of our cooking class, we had so much fun. We were with a great group of people that the cooking teacher was so funny and so full of life. And the class took place on a farm where they grew a lot of the stuff that we used to make our dishes. And so we got to spend a little bit of time actually seeing how some of this stuff grows. And it was a beautiful day and we just had a ton of fun. And when we got back to the hotel later in the evening, we had some other fun things that we were doing in the afternoon. And we came home and Rob and I were just really connected and we chose to stay at the hotel for dinner that night. And I thought, I'm going to I'm going to order a drink. It just seems like the night for a drink. We had this great day. We're having this romantic dinner together. So there's this river that runs through Chiang Mai and our hotel sat right on the bank of this river. And the restaurant was kind of at the the top of a building that had an overhang over top of the river and the cicadas were singing and the air was so clean and like there was just everything was right about this moment and Rob and I were feeling extra in love and it just felt like the time to share some wine and so I thought let's just give it a go and wouldn't you believe it I had the same damn reaction to the alcohol I just didn't want it and so I had one glass, Rob had the rest of the bottle, and that was it for me for alcohol for the whole rest of this trip. So we even went, we had a full week later on um, in Kaulak at a beach. We had this amazing villa on a resort where we had our own pool. Um, we had access, our own private access to this big pool that led right to the pool bar, right? The swim up pool bar. And we had all of these vouchers that came with our reservation for for free drinks. And Rob and I would swim up to the bar and he would get his beer or he would try a pina colada. And I told the guy, I don't want to drink. Can you make me something tasty and refreshing that doesn't have alcohol in it? So first time I suggested this, he gave me a pineapple shake, which was really just fresh pineapple blended in a blender with a bunch of ice cubes. And this was delicious. I had so many of those <laughs> over the course of our trip. And then the other thing he made for me one day was he just muddled up mint and lime and ginger in a glass and put sparkling water in it. And my God, this was the most delicious thing ever. I had it every day. I When we came home, I bought the stuff that we needed for me to have this at home. And it's what I've been drinking. Absolutely delicious and refreshing. And I did not have another drop of alcohol after that. Even our on our beach days, you know, we're out for um, lovely dinners in the evening. We're socializing with other people. Everybody else is drinking. There's a little bit of social pressure to drink. Rob's having his beers with dinner at night. And, you know, he doesn't want to feel like he's drinking alone. So there's this social pressure coming at me to drink. And I just didn't want to. And it was so empowering for me to acknowledge that my body was just saying no and to actually enforce that with the people around me. It was such a big deal for me. And 
prior to this experience, I never really identified as someone who gave in to peer pressure in terms of food and drank, right? Like it was always okay for me to say no. And in fact, when I was younger, you know, my dad taught me this trick of always just having your glass half full, even if you were just pouring some of it out into the sink or even into a plant or, or whatever, that if you have a drink that's half full in your hand, people will leave you alone. They won't they won't ask if you want to have another one or offer you another one. And so that's something that I've just always practiced in my life is having a half full glass. So people just don't offer me anything more. Right. So and it's always been OK with food as well. Right. If somebody offers me seconds and I don't want any, it's always been easy for me to say no, thank you. So I was I was just a little bit surprised that I felt so empowered by sticking to my decision to not have alcohol for the majority of of this holiday. And the other thing that happened on this holiday is I really think I started perimenopause, right? Um, I This is a too much information sort of scenario, but I had my period for 19 straight days. This is not normal for me. I had two hot flashes and yeah, I know it was 38 freaking degrees in Thailand, but when you experience a hot flash, you know when you've had one, right? So I had a couple of these um, and I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm just speculating that I wonder if the hormonal changes in my body were what was driving this aversion towards alcohol, because it's, you know, like I said, really nothing that I've never really um, experienced before. But as I start this next transition in life, from menstruating to to being menopausal, I suspect I'm going to get lots of messages from my body about what it wants and what it doesn't want. And I am taking confidence and um, comfort in the fact that when I honor what my body is requesting, I feel good. And I'm hoping to hell that what my body tells me is that it doesn't need chocolate and salt. <laughs> that would be absolutely fantastic. If, I, if it doesn't give me those signals, that's okay. But if, but if it does, I feel confident that I can listen to what my body wants and give it what it needs and hopefully make it through this life transition um, as, e- as easily as I, as I possibly can. And that I'm able to do this is really a testament to the skills of coaching because prior to discovering the skills of coaching, I would not have been able to do this. I would have not been able to actually hear the messages of my body my brain and all the monkey chatter up in my head would override any of the messages. I can almost guarantee you that two years ago, if Rob and I went on this vacation and my body was saying no to alcohol, I would have said, well, screw that. I'm on vacation. I'm supposed to drink. Of course I'm going to drink, right? And that was absolutely not my experience this time. And so, you know, the skills that coaching has taught me really came to light on this vacation. And although I'm still really hating these hot flashes that seem to be continuing and nausea, I keep getting nausea with these hot flashes too. It's super uncomfortable, but I'm quite confident that my body will tell me what I need to do to take care of myself and what I need to feed my body in terms of nutrition, in terms of rest, in terms of movement, sleep, all of the things. I know I'm going to hear those messages loud and clear and I'll be able to give myself what I want. So that was my experience with alcohol on this vacation. Guys, if you ever have the chance to go to Thailand, go do it. We had such a great time. 
it is not all about party, party, party there. We met amazing people in our age group who were interested in experiencing a little bit of culture, maybe taking in some beach time, relaxing and going to bed freaking early. In fact, the resort we stayed at kind of shut down by 10 p.m. So there are definitely ways to have a relaxing non-party type holiday in Thailand if that's what you're interested in. And if you're not, even just taking some time away from the email at work was enough to be restful. So that is, a, a, you know, an, an excellent way to have a staycation if you're not able to get away. So I will leave it there for now. I have some amazing interviews coming up over the next few weeks that I cannot wait to share with you and a couple of solo episodes for you coming up as well. If you would like a question answered on this podcast, please go to the website www.mindfulweightlosspodcast.com. And if you do this either on your computer or on your device, on the lower right hand corner, you're going to see a green microphone. If you click on that, you can actually leave me a voicemail to ask your questions. And what I plan to do on a future episode is collect your your beautiful voices and bring them on to the recording and answer your questions for you. So any burning questions you have, just head on over to the website and send me that message. And that's what I've got for you this week. And I can't wait to see you again next week. Take care. Bye. Bye.